Hello and welcome to another episode of The Real Rant, the place where we like to rant about the real stuff. My name is Brennan McGee and sitting across from me, as always, is the illustrious sexy boy. Who are you, dude? Corey McUkulele. How's it going? I'm super duper. How are you? Nice. How are you doing? I'm all right. You can play those strings really well. I cannot play the ukulele. Uh, that has no relevance to my musical skills. Are you a musician in any sort? No. Mm. I tried to learn the guitar once. I uh, didn't really put that much effort into it. I can sing decently mm. sometimes. I tried to learn how to play the guitar one night because I wanted to impress a girl. Oh, nice. And then I gave up that same night. Yeah. Because yes. I realized it took years of practice. It, it takes some commitment, yeah. But, uh, yeah, this is a bonus episode this week. Whoa. Yeah, and why is that, Corey? Well, we had the magical experience of going to the Victoria Film Festival to watch a little film. Um, there were some special people there. Yeah. Not just us. There Not was other us. people. We'll get into that. Yeah, though. we will. Speaking of special guests, before we get into the show this week, we uh-huh. need to introduce our special guest. Yeah. Who are you, dude? Matt Herring. Good to be here. Well, Matt Herring is back on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Great to have you back, Matt. Always a pleasure. The reason why he's back is because myself, Corey McUkulele, and mm-hmm. Matt Herring all went to go see... As Corey had mentioned, uh, a film at the Victoria Film Festival. Yeah, that film was called... What was it called, Corey? It was called Pickups. And the director of that film is Jamie Thraves, if I'm saying that correctly. And the lead actor was... Aidan Gillen. Also known as... Littlefinger. Or Peter Baelish. True. Yeah, of Game of Thrones. Yeah. Or Abarabagold from... Which is a great name. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Rolls right off the tongue. Mm-hmm. From uh, Peaky Blinders. Yeah. So hopefully that's enough for people to kind of get where we're coming from there. But yeah, we went to go saw that movie. Mm-hmm. It was pretty good. Yep. But first we want to give a special thanks out to the Victoria Film Festival for getting us some tickets to go see a show. Um, we had a great time. There's some pictures of us on Instagram. And those pictures are really just going to be pictures of the Q&A of Aiden Gillen. Uh, Jamie Thraves and Phil Bowman. And one super cute, all three of us on the red carpet, pink carpet, salmon carpet. So yeah, that was uh, the lot that was there for the Q&A. Mm-hmm. So as it stands, we've already released an episode this week, and that was the Logan Lucky episode. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that would make this a bonus rant this week. And that is, yeah, primarily just because we felt, hey, probably should release something before the festival is over, get the listeners to be listening to what we thought of the film. Then again, this show is all about perspectives, so at the end of the day, we're not really trying to preach our own perspective, but more or less kind of like bring in, you know, multiple perspectives, and that's kind of why we brought Matt back today, mm-hmm. um, and that's why we kind of wanted him to come along and watch it with us, too, because, you know, it's always good to have a guest on the show. Always. So, I guess let's just get right into it. So, first off, I kind of want to start, you know, what were your guys' expectations with this film? I mean, before we kind of get into a synopsis, Corey, let's throw it over to you first. Sure. I mean, um, I've never been to the Victoria Film Festival either, uh, so I didn't really know what to expect, what what kind of film to expect. Uh, I guess I expected something a little more artsy, uh, a little bit something different, which I guess I kind of got. And pretty much the only thing I knew about the movie is when I asked you guys what it was about before we went to go see it. So I was kind of in the dark a bit, which I think might have been a good thing. To yeah. kind of just uh, get in there and experience it for what it was. Yeah. It, was, it was quite a unique movie. Yeah. What about you, Matt? 
Uh, I also thought it was going to be pretty indie as well, um, but I did a little bit of research. Hmm. I got things a little bit wrong in my research, so I went in a little bit blind in the end as well. Hmm. I guess I thought it was going to be a little bit more concrete in my expectations. What do you mean by that? Like most indie films, this film deals a lot in the abstract and about the interpretation. Yeah. Which, you know, has its merits and I totally get. But for whatever reason, I expected this to subvert that about the indie genre. Mm. And it didn't. So. Okay. Do you think that has something to do with the fact that uh, it was like the kind of the star power behind it a little bit? or uh, I think uh, the film actually does has an interesting perspective on star power i don't think in the, uh, yeah that's a good point yeah. i mean we'll get into that we'll, but. we'll get into it uh keeping it brief i'll just say that i don't think the film intended to have any star power yeah. kind of recognize that he has has had the lamb the lamblight yeah the lamblight <laughs> yeah. yeah he's had the limelight for a bit mm. um but he's not necessarily a quote-unquote star yeah for sure um so yeah i don't think it was about that i just think i don't know i thought these guys had seen enough indie movies to want to do something different in that way uh, as far as concreteness goes. Yeah. Um, but also, I'm sure it was uh, a budgeting issue amongst other things, because they made this movie themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They kind of, they they said in the Q&A that they basically just went out um, with a camera mm-hmm. together, because uh, Jamie Thraves and um, Aiden Gillen are actually like old friends from what we gathered and, you know. Yeah, I think they said they've known each other for about 19 years or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. quite yeah. a long time, yeah. But uh, we'll... we'll Again, we'll get, we'll into, get into that. We'll get into why we know that. Hey, Brendan. Hey, what's going on, boy? Matt just had the ball, but yep. uh, he actually just passed it over to you. So uh, what do you think? Well, Corey, um, I honestly, I think I was more attracted by the idea of being able to be in a room with Aiden Gillen and the director, uh, which was my draw to go see this film. I'll be honest with you. Um, yeah, that's fair. I have a really hard time with indie film. The same way I think that I have a hard time with modern art okay yeah sure like i find modern art in a sense to be quite pretentious um and very kind of just individual very very prospectively individual um whereas like the people that created the art really only are the true people that understand the art and what they have created um i do know that there are movements within the modern art uh you know world and things like that and i'm speaking not just in regards to film, um, but more... I, I guess I would say I'm speaking more specifically towards, like, art as, as a yeah, whole. Yeah, like, like pieces of art. Exactly. Yeah. And I and I have a hard time with indie films as well, because I tend to have them... They, they tend to be kind of, like, painted with the brush of, again, very individualized uh, in regards mm-hmm. to kind of what they're trying to say. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think as a whole, I... I generally just wanted to go see this movie because I really kind of wanted to hear the experiences of these filmmakers and these creators of this project um, and get into a room with them and and really kind of like understand kind of where they're coming from and where they came from um, and how they got to be where they are. And and they they did get into that, which was quite nice. But as the film as a whole, um, I was just intrigued by it because the trailer kind of just threw me for a loop. Although, just real quick, uh, you mentioned... That you think it's mostly the filmmaker whose interpretation matters most. Uh, I personally agree, but if you take Nolan in Inception, mm-hmm. when the top is spinning at the end, he's been asked point blank, uh, what does that mean? Is Cobb awake? Is he asleep? Um, and Nolan said it doesn't matter. It's up to the viewer's interpretation of whether or not he's awake or well, asleep. Well, technically he did say that the top did fall. And he said that like it did wobble. So, 
I mean, that's his own opinion. But I have read that article. Mm-hmm. I've read that article before. Um, in regards to this film, I mean, let's just get into it now, yeah, I guess. Now, Okay, well, Matt, since you're the guest, why don't you give us a synopsis of the film? Cool. Um, so Aiden is the, the character, and careful listeners will know that's also the actor who plays it, yep. his first name. Uh, basically, it's a almost a mock autobiographical piece about um, Aiden, and uh, he's an actor who is trying to get into character as a serial murderer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then because his life is so chaotic, he has a hard time getting out of the mindset of the character a bit too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? That's about it? That's that's a pretty good way of putting it. I mean, again, this this film is really all very somewhat abstract, so you're not yeah. really sure if aspects of it are truly real or if they're yeah. really happening. I mean, you know, so... As a whole, this film um, is in, like, three or four different places. Uh, mm-hmm. From what we can gather just by watching the film before even having, you know, being in a room and having uh, being a part of the Q&A afterwards. Uh, because the, the, uh, Aiden Gillen and Jamie came out and uh, said, you know, we just basically went out with a camera and started shooting. I'll be honest with you, that's what this movie felt like. Um, and that's not a bad thing. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Yeah, but don't forget, it was a really tight script. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I, I <laughs> The tight script thing, that's something they said in the Q&A. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, the, the director said it was a very tight script, and it might have been, but it definitely had that we just walked out and filmed. Yeah, it. it did have that feel, and, and that's not something... Sometimes, when I heard that, I was kind of like, oh, you know, like... That I don't know how I feel about this right away. Um, but the film opens up in a very unique way. I'm a stickler for perspectives, um, and 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 I really, uh, whenever a perspective changes in a film, uh, I really kind of hone into it. Uh, and when I hone into it, then my mind kind of chooses of whether or not you know, okay, is this film going to go away? I want it to. Um, or is it going to go in this way that I know that I'm going to constantly be reminded that this is a film within a film? Do you know what I mean? In no way, shape, or form for me did I ever have a hard time, uh, or did I ever have an issue with being like, oh my god, we're just in, we're just a, in a film within a film. I was constantly questioning that perspective, yep. that fourth wall break. Is this one of those times where I'm actually being in, put into this scene where this is an actual reality? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that uh, the character's name is Aiden, um, like the actor himself. Um, and I think that that was done intentionally. A lot of it has to do with the um, the fact that Aiden, the actor in the film, is quite you know famous to a point where is recognizable or would be understood for someone of that level of fame to be recognized out on the street. So it, it's understandable. But every time we got into an instance where you were trying to consider the perspective of the film, I was always surprised, which was something that I was really not expecting, uh, yeah. which was it was really nice. And in the beginning was the perfect example of that uh, because they were like, OK, well, his name's Aiden. You know, he's an actor who's, you know, also named Aiden, you know, and, you know, you just expect when they say those things to you before you go and watch their film that you're just going to be taken out of the film constantly. Yeah. But that opening sequence where Aiden is on uh, top of a woman 
and he's like i'm assuming they had just had sex mm-hmm. and then he's choking her to death and she dies and then someone from behind the camera starts talking to them and then the woman wakes up yeah and you're just like holy crap like you know what i mean yeah for they sure. were just filming a scene but it felt so real you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know what your guys' thoughts are on those whole perspective things, because that was something that I really enjoyed about this film. Yeah. Um, one thing that I can kind of talk to you about that is kind of how the information was doled out to you. Uh, so there's kind of like a lot of hard cuts into mm-hmm. scenes with no explanation, and so you don't really know what's going on and why, um, and that kind of leaves you wondering what's going on. Um, and also one thing that I really enjoyed about the film was the style of narration mm-hmm. to me it really combined like combining that with the the still photographs of actual photos of Aiden's family I believe mm-hmm. um, it kind of reminded me of how they present uh, like documentaries about killers mm-hmm. like true crime kind of things exactly and yeah. So yeah. That, yeah that really played into kind of like the whole um, him possibly actually being a serial killer yeah yeah, the way just the narration kind of was talking third person about Aiden and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's creepy when you say it like that, but mm-hmm. I never actually considered it because, and that's funny because I spend a lot of time watching, like, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts during the week mm-hmm. and I love crime dramas. Um, yeah. And a lot of podcasts that I listen to are also unsolved case files and just case files in general um, from many different creators. And, uh, I never even thought about that, but that's mm. a that's a good point. And I wonder if that was the intention with the film. And I, and you know, maybe it wasn't, maybe it was. But at the end of the day, when you point that out, that makes a real cool kind of background, sure, yeah. sort of you know, element to the film and as a whole mm-hmm. that I never actually considered. Yeah, know? there's a lot of different like styles being put into. Oh this yeah, movie. they were talking a lot about Terrence Malick. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with him. I'm not. Um, are you familiar with him? Uh, the name rings a bell, but no. So Terrence Malick spends a lot of time doing like kind of like slow motion or still photography. Okay, yeah. He made, well, actually, I don't believe. I know he made a film called Tree of Life, uh, which... Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, he, which deals with a relationship between a, you know, a boy and his father, um, but also spends a lot of time kind of doing still photography of like the universe and growth and uh like within you know earth and things like that it's almost like half you know planet earth without you know uh who's the name david attenborough yeah without david attenborough it's two it's almost like two different films it's like a documentary and actual film being meld Hmm. together almost interesting i'm not saying that this film has that uh but it's there um that that feeling of the still photography being separate Mm-hmm. Because I was kind of mentioning that there, this film, I don't know if any of you will agree, but this film has like, I would say there's almost three or f- three or four different types of films in this film. Yep. Because after a while near the end of the film, you kind of just actually stop. You really don't consider the whole serial killer element in the last like 15 minutes of the film because they stop really honing in on that uh, that element. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, Matt. Do you, what are your thoughts on some of the... Th- I mean, uh, I've actually got a couple of things here that yeah, I want to yeah. touch on. You guys well, say. yeah, because sure. I talked about perspective and, you know, Corey talked about narration and, the yep. main, you know, mm-hmm. so what are your thoughts, I guess? Uh, well, what I was most impressed with, with with this film was that it was incredibly well framed. Oh, God, um, yeah. And mm-hmm. I mean that both narratively and literally framed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, first of all, uh, one of the things that I think I noticed, but this might be in retrospect, so forgive me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, was that uh, we got a lot of shaky cam when we were just following Aiden the man. Yeah. Uh, but whenever it was uh, in a film, 
when he was being the serial killer, it was steady shots. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Um, so you kind of could tell. Uh, that being said, there were steady shots occasionally while he was aiding the man as well. Um, so it's not perfect. But you kind of could tell when he was uh, supposed to be acting and when he was supposed to be Aiden. Yeah. Yeah. That makes um, sense. Also, he was um, he was an actor playing Aiden in a movie that he also played Aiden. So we have a couple of layers there. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, the narration really helped for scenes when you need to be inside his head. Yeah. And those were also the scenes where you kind of can question whether what you're seeing in front of you is really happening or whether it's just going on inside of him. Sure. Yeah, I guess that that leads into then I guess unreliable narrator. Yeah, uh, he doesn't. I don't think he starts or potentially ends the movie as an unreliable narrator but there's a large section in the middle well there's two different narrators in this film there's the narrator of like the director um who you're not really sure is the actual director or not but it is the director it is jamie thraves um and then there's actually aiden himself um narrating Mm -hmm. and and it kind of happens this narration happens in a way too where uh the director or the main narrator, I guess we're just going to call them the main narrator, will say, you know, uh, something like Aiden forgot his keys in the car. Mm-hmm. And then Aiden narrates in his own mind, I forgot my keys in the car or something like that. Yeah. Like it, it's very, the narrator is like reading the emotions of Aiden prior to him actually before he thinks them. Almost comically too. Yeah. Because he's kind of like, like you say, like, he forgot his keys. Shit, I forgot my keys. That kind of like double... Exactly. Mm, emphasizing exactly. it kind of thing. You know, this film is quite funny. Yes. Um, but it switches back and forth uh, and almost like in a s- snap motion. Mm-hmm. Like you'll be laughing at one scene and then the next someone will be getting raped. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Or it vice versa. Sure. Or, uh, you know, two friends will be making a joke about like, for instance, um, there's a scene... Uh, where Aiden and has a friend over at the house um, and they're having a conversation about, you know, the character that uh, Aiden is playing in this film. And Aiden says, you know, I'm playing a serial killer. And Aiden is eating cereal mm-hmm. at the time during the scene. Uh, Aiden, the actor in the film, which again, like, has these, there's many <laughs> layers to this film. Yeah. Um, and then this is one of the most harsher scenes in the film because it'll, it, it goes from, you know, hilarity because they're having this dialogue about how it would be funny if Aiden, the, the serial killer in the film that he's playing within the film kills people with a bowl full of cereal. Like he mm-hmm. drowns them in cereal. Cause yeah. a serial killer. Yeah. Killer serial killer is a joke and they're laughing about it. They're having a good time. This is funny. Um, and then he essentially Aiden in the film asks his friend permission or essentially consent for him to murder the girl and she was like yeah you know in a joking way because they've been having these conversations in a joking way Mm -hmm. and and you don't you know they're just making a joke obviously and all of a sudden it's just this insane like hard cut to him grabbing the woman's head and putting it in in the cereal bowl and drowning her Mm mm-hmm I guess this then leads back to what Matt was saying about this film's uh, issue with a unreliable narrator. Mm-hmm. Um, because in this instance, uh, we have a, this is a perfect example in this film where you don't actually know if whether or not what you're seeing in front of you is actually happening. Yeah, because you're given hints to previous scenes that are similar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in this one, you're not given anything. Uh, I do have a quick question on this one. Um, 
so for whatever reason, uh, I remember him eating dry Cheerios specifically mm-hmm. at the beginning of the scene. And then they talk about how you only need X amount of water or milk to drown somebody. Yeah. And then he doesn't ever add milk to the Cheerios. He just holds her head down in it. Yeah. So in that way, there kind of is a frame break, just because uh, you need the liquid to drown somebody. You can breathe through Cheerios, I, su- I suppose. Yeah, I mean, like, I think, okay, now that you've pointed that out, I mean, I, I don't, I didn't notice that. I always just assumed that there was, there was milk or whatever in the Cheerios. I might be wrong, but I remember him, like, eating it with his hands and, like, He was, but he was eating it out of the bag. And I believe yeah. there was a bowl in front of him, kind of, okay, just then, there anyway. Okay, then maybe, maybe that had milk in it. Uh, I might be reading, reading too much into it. Well, no, here's mm-hmm. the thing. Is it, okay, well, let's go on that. Like, okay. let's think about that for a second. If, for instance there wasn't anything in that bowl because why would okay here let's put some logic in it and try to kind of break this down a little bit because this is one of the most it's the biggest scene in my opinion oh yeah of this whole film um because i before you know you started talking about this there this scene essentially just ends and you don't actually know if whether or not this person was actually killed in this scene. Oh, that's the best part of that scene. Yeah. So yeah. you're left up to essentially just a, not to really guess of whether or not uh, Aiden killed his friend in this scene. Um, but going back to what you were saying, Matt, is if lo- I mean logically, why would you be why would you be eating cereal out of a bowl out of a bag and then have the bowl across from you with cereal in it and milk in it? And just then, getting soggy, yeah. Exactly, just getting soggy. Because logically, that's just stupid. Why would you have soggy cereal, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but if, for instance, um, as you say, there was a break and we just it wasn't given to us, then that adds a level of a breaking point between the 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 reliable narrator, it being mainly the the film, and the unreliable narrator, and that being Aiden, right? Mm-hmm. So if for instance, let's add a level of psychology here. So let's take, for example, if the, if the film itself and the narrator, like the director narrator, is the reliable narrator, is the one that s- essentially speaks for the, uh, I guess, the the actions or thoughts before Aiden thinks them, if that's the reliable narrator and then there is a break then Aiden then takes over that reliable narrator's conscious, that being the film, and kind of like takes the wheel for a second and takes charge of the scene. So that adds a level of, I guess, like a fourth wall break. We're getting really deep here, but yeah. this film has got like some crazy layers to it, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. also just with before we leave the serial scene, in that last shot you were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. the last shot you get is from the bushes, like some kind of yeah. voyeur looking on the scene of... The girl's still with her face in the Cheerios. Yeah, yeah. And then Aiden just goes back to eating them out of the bag. Like, that was a good shot. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to say, because well, it was Which super, also could mean that tight. it did actually happen. It did actually happen, or 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 it didn't actually happen, and the friend never actually came over, because they never cut, because he sits oh, back down. Oh, that's a hot down. take, yeah. He sits back down in that scene, and continues to eat the Cheerios like he was prior to the friend coming over and them having the conversation he's looking dead ahead but they never cut to what he's actually looking to when that perspective of the camera angle changes hmm. i don't know if you've noticed that no oh, yeah yeah no uh, that's that's an interesting take uh, yeah. it's a hot take hot take mm. 
real quick hot news <laughs> uh but yeah i don't know um and then i guess i mean uh, do you guys want to focus any more on this differing perspectives or anything like that or uh, no but i have a i have another thing that i just don't think uh, we've talked about anyway mm. sure. um so you remember the the masseuse scene yeah where the masseuse yeah. can't, can't come it's like oh you have a bad vibe bad energy and mm-hmm. he like laughs it off i mean he kind of uh to steal, to sound very cliche, uh, Aiden does kind of have this dark passenger riding with him throughout this whole film. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of see her in the form of that woman later that when he goes for a walk and you, uh, and the woman who runs into the artist, uh, sorry, the musician, not the artist, uh, the musician who, ha- who has his back to the, to the girl and all the while oh, Aiden's narrating like over like, yeah, and Aiden's narrating over like, don't, 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 don't let him see me. Um, so I think we're meant to have the impression that that girl is some stand-in for aiden in some respect mm-hmm. um especially because when he watching li- himself kind of go to this place yeah so that's he, what i thought yeah too. so uh, that's just, just an example of aiden's dark passenger mm-hmm. and i just thought it was funny that aiden laughs it off and is unwilling to deal with it outright yeah uh, during mm-hmm. the masseuse scene and then it just comes back to haunt him throughout the rest of the movie i mean i have a t- i have a couple feelings with uh, like i've said that there is i i, w- I want to kind of get into a tone a little bit because that leads into the multiple different films that are in this one film mm. uh like they said that they filmed this thing they filmed it is a tight script as they said though i have kind of a mm. little bit of a hard time believing that but that's mm. just my own opinion uh there is a truth there and whether or not you choose to believe it when you actually watch this film is up to you um but as a filmmaker myself uh and Corey, you'd felt this and i know matt there was an essence of you kind of mentioning this too when we kind of all talked about this after the movie was over tonally it deals with fame mm-hmm and it deals with, you know, this serial killer element. Um, and it deals with relationships as a whole and then relationships of people like actors or artists in any shape, shape or form and their relationships with their family. Matt, got your hand up? Can I just propose a concise version of, of this? Yeah, really, for really sure. Tight? Go ahead, man. Um, I think what you're proposing is its, its main theme is uh, identity. Yeah. Yeah, you, you know? could say that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just because, you know, it's, it's, it's the role actors play. It's like we all put on different masks. Well, as a whole, like, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, like, I was just speaking to the differing... Tonally, there was many diff- there was many different things in this film, what it was trying to essentially say. Mm, yeah, yeah. I'm I mean, trying to help out with a yeah, nice, yeah. clean theme. If yeah. you could chalk it up to one thing, it would be identity. Um, but the differing tones definitely leads to a level of, like, how, like, how many movies are this film? You know what I mean? Like... There's like yeah, like the serial killer part, and then there's the relationship part between the daughter, um, or the son. We weren't mm-hmm. really too sure. We we had a bit of a debate about the the child. To be appropriate here, because we don't actually know, we're just going to refer to them as they yeah. or kid. Um, yeah. So the kid in this film, they spend a lot of time kind of defining who Aiden is uh, near the end. At the beginning of the film, Aiden is talking to the kid, uh, who is this child. Um, and saying, you know, let's, you know, go up to Carrie for my birthday, you know, mm-hmm. let's go spend some time together, um, which, in, which insinuates that, you know, he's not a part of a relationship anymore with, I guess, an ex, uh, uh, lover, you know, wife or whatever. Yep. After all the serial killer stuff happens and we're not really sure kind of who Aiden is and where he stands kind of like. Where his head's at. Yeah, I guess where his head's at is a more proper way, I guess, of saying it. Um, However, the last 30 minutes of this film, this kid kind of, you know, his child gives us this level of uh, sympathy for him that we weren't really awarded 
um, in the first half of the film or the first two acts of the film uh, because they hint of... on it a bit in the opening scene just where they say Aiden uh, is such a shy person that he went to acting uh, just to get over it. Yeah. They, they try to do it a bit, but I agree. We don't really get it until we interact with the kid. Exactly. Yeah. And, and it's quite a loving relationship. It's quite a, an endearing relationship. And it was quite memorable because it reminded me a lot of my relationship with my family members um, or my siblings. Um, it just had a very family-esque vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was quite relaxing, to be honest with you. Because totally. You're... That, that scene with the, with the headphones, I... I was like, at first I hated that scene, then they, they just played it perfect. Oh, they totally. played it perfectly, and I felt I felt kind of at peace when we got to that part of the film, because I definitely thought, okay, well, we're probably not going to deal with a whole lot of serial killer stuff anymore. Sure, no. I mean, Corey, I had mentioned this to you, and, and this tends to happen, but I felt like people were laughing at things that they weren't Ugh. really supposed to be laughing at. It mm-hmm. was ridiculous, and they, they were just like busting a gut laughing at stuff that was, it was kind of funny. Yeah. Like, like it could have been, but yeah. it definitely wasn't there for laughs. No, it was definitely supposed to be serious. Like, I feel like those people were there also to see Aiden Gillen, but oh, for God. a different reason. Yeah. Because like, I overheard them. There were a couple girls and a guy, and they were kind of like, oh, he's so cute. Yeah. I was like, okay, that's great. I mean, all, like, but... I'm not trying to discount those people. No, not at all. But, but at the same time... It seemed I, out of place. Yeah, it seemed out of place and kind of not really... Like, I mean, I can relate to that in a sense. I mean, you can't really control your audience. No. I um, mean, you can't really control your audience's perspective. That's and exactly what this movie's about, exa- actually. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, it's quite meta... <laughs> <laughs> in a sense, uh, because at the end of the film, we're set. We're told there's a Q and A, but a lot of the film in deals with Aiden, the actor, interacting with his fans, mm-hmm. um, which is quite funny. I guess what I was trying to say with that was the fact that as a, as a filmmaker myself, and you as kind of like my project surf slash co filmmaker guy, mm-hmm. I took probably just as much issue with that as you did. Yeah. Um, just because I've been in situations before where I've made something um, and presented it to people and they really didn't take it the way you wanted it to. Sure. And maybe that wasn't these people's intentions when they were laughing at it. Or mm-hmm. maybe we've got it all wrong. You don't really yeah. know, right? Like, this is just our perspective. But as a person who kind of sees himself as someone who, like, can put myself in their shoes, yeah. I could definitely see that if this specific scene where this thing was happening... You know, I'm not going to label any scene just because I, I don't really kind of remember which scenes they were laughing at that shouldn't have been really laughed at. But I, I do want to say that like that, I think, kind of took me out of the film a couple of times because it, it made me think too much about where we were and what we were yeah, doing here yeah. and things like that. Because it's just like, I'd rather just watch this. I mean, granted, coming from someone who said that I would I kind of was more interested in going to see this film because of, you know, the after aspect of it. But then again, like when I was pulled into the film, mm-hmm. I didn't want to get pulled out. Yeah, for and sure. I was just ex- I was excited about what was going to come after. But then again, once you're pulled into the film, it's just kind of you know yeah. the momentum's happening. And then when some people are laughing at things that were kind of like really inappropriate, mm-hmm. in my opinion. You but know? I mean, to be fair, that opening scene is quite shocking visually. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I think it was kind of more like maybe. Like, are we talking about the scene where the girl is being strangled? And yeah, then, yeah. And then like, he's talking about his back. Yeah, hard cut opening scene. Mm-hmm. Just like full on like sex scene I into fr- getting I choked about his about his back subplot. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, they were kind of just maybe they were just not ready to see something like that, so they kind of giggled. Yeah, it was like whoa, what's this? You know. Yeah, and I think that's. I mean, that's. 
that's what art is, is it makes sure. you react to things. And sometimes, like, when you're uncomfortable, you laugh because you're amongst other people mm-hmm. that, you know, you know, you, you you could have been coming to this film with your mom. And, yeah. and you watch this opening scene of two people having, you know, from what I could tell... Uh, when I when the scene opened up the the beginning scene it looked like autoerotic asphyxiation yeah and then it actually turned into a murder um, and then it cut and it was actually a film um, and then Aiden started talking about his back was hurting and we <laughs> and you know we can giggle at that a little bit and then mm-hmm. it got kind of got a little bit increasingly too much because it was just kind of like it's dealing with some heavy stuff like him talking about his back I didn't take that as i mean i took it as an element of like yeah he was having sex in this scene and his back was probably hurting from the positions he was taking in the scene but i didn't take that as like oh my back hurts because i was having fake sex no i, I took t- it as like it was a long shoot and like yeah and as an thing. act as an actor yourself Corey, yeah you can relate to that yeah. being like i'm really hurting right now mm-hmm. and i was laughing at the fact of how he said it not what he said yeah yeah, yeah. exactly um because what he said was you know well the, it was truth yeah well the, the director's like how y'all doing they're like oh good 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 because that's what you do on a set yeah, except my back's killing me and i was like that was great like when i was on set and i worked as a pa on an indie film my job was to essentially cater to the talent make sure that they were constantly okay mm-hmm. even when you could tell that they were okay you had to make sure that they were doing all right yeah. um and if and if your actor says yeah my back hurts you know what I mean? Like, you, you kind of feel a little level of obligation to help them out, right? And and I thought it was funny just because he said it when, you know, probably any other situation or maybe on a better day, he may have just ignored the pain and gone on with it. Mm-hmm. But you can tell that he was in a lot of pain there, and it was just kind of like you're laughing at the uncomfortability. Yeah, not, for sure. Not at... You know, yeah, and I mean, after that, he was even he looked over to his his co star and he was like, "How are you doing? Like, is that is that okay? Is that too rough?" And yeah. she's like, you can go a little harder if you want. <laughs> well, it was just like, he's, he's, well, he he said no. Yeah, 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 because yeah, his back would hurt more. Yeah, probably. I mean, I remember I was on set with you, Corey, one time, and mm-hmm. I was directing you, and it was like a thirteen hour day. Yeah, and we did we did a whole god, we did like seven or eight pages. Yeah, and you didn't eat anything all day. No. And I don't know why you didn't do that, but I felt terrible the whole time we were filming. But you, you kept, anytime I asked you, I was just like, how are you doing? You're like, I'm fine. I'm good. Basically saying like, shut the fuck up and let's start <laughs> filming. Cause I'm not going to be able to sit here for an hour in an elongated time of our 13 hour day mm-hmm. where, you know, you subtract the amount of times where I've asked you how you're doing. And that kind of leads up to an extra hour of filming. Right. Sure. And I mean, if you're, like if you're in the groove of shooting a scene, kind of just wanting to get it done, yeah. Like taking that break and eating and stuff is just gonna pull me right out of yeah. Being, if you're being in that role, kind of thing. Well, yeah, you were you. I remember that scene because you yeah. were you were playing a kind of really an evil character. Yeah, yeah. Um, which you're not totally used to as an actor because you're you're quite often cast as someone who's um, kind of silly, goofy, yeah, silly maybe. guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I in this scene, I kind of wanted to challenge you a little bit, and that I mean, to your own credit, you. What a little bit method, one might say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't mean to digress into that, but I think that that, that that beginning scene is so pivotal in this whole film. I think it really defines the differences in your audience members, how they're laughing or why they're laughing at certain things. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I, again, like, I want to just say that I think I totally understand why I was laughing. Oh, sure. But I think a lot of people were laughing for different reasons um, that I think, and I can't really say that it was inappropriate, but in my opinion, it was a little bit kind of like, I know you're not really laughing at what I'm actually laughing at. Yeah, for sure. I'm not trying to come up as a snob and put my pinky up, but hey. Um, Um, One thing I am kind of curious about, because we had some heated discussions, and I don't want it to get heated, but I am very, very curious. The final scene. Yeah. I want to know interpretations, and I have one as well. Which I don't think I am right after thinking about it for a bit, but let's dive in. Should we okay. give context to it first? Yes. Okay. Uh, wait, wait. Is the the context here might only be applicable to one of our theories? So I'm in. Should I just go first? Sure. Uh, can I say a side note first, and then and then I'll let you jump jump in? <laughs> just because it, it plays into something I said earlier. So. You can go okay. first, but I'm going to go first. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Just uh, uh. This scene is the only place where I feel the framing breaks. This otherwise, uh, this otherwise good movie uh, mm-hmm. for framing. I guess this is the one time where it's hard to tell where this discussion can easily take place, and you can't easily tell. Um, now, please jump in. I just wanted to. Okay. So, so in this film, um, like I said, Aiden, the theme uh, outside of the uh, uh, outside of the serial killer subplot or plot or whatever you want to call it, just mm-hmm. a plot in the film. Uh, there is the interactions of Aiden, the actor, with his fans. Um, and they're quite varying in degrees between, you know, uh, you know, you meet a, a fan meets you and you're in a bad mood and then you give a terrible reaction when they ask for a picture, mm-hmm. which is understandable because you're a human being and sure. you're not on point all the time. Or there's interactions where he's being proposed sex. Which yeah. I can only assume actually probably happened. Most likely. And uh, then later on in the film, uh, we get an essence of a discussion about how uh, Aiden and his mother are having a conversation over a telephone. But it's in, obviously, the voiceover of Aiden with the filmmaker narration kind of leading as like kind of like a backboard story kind of introduction to the conversation about this one he's having but with his mom and dad mm-hmm. or with his mom and his uh and and himself so this discussion is about a stalker of aiden and who we can only assume is a fan this stalker is is a fan of aiden's and we hear about this stalker kind of like in and out throughout the whole film um and there's no real kind of like you know real ending or point to it but it keeps coming up could could be more than one stalker it True. could be yeah. more than one stalker. It, yes, it, they're like offhanded comments. Yeah. It, it, it's a it's a stalker scene in two locations where Aiden says, "I wonder for the same stalker." Yeah, mm, yeah, yeah. So um, the ending of this film kind of ends uh, in a very, in my opinion, if my theory is correct, mm-hmm. it ends in a in one of the most interesting and clever ways uh, because this conversation about the stalker was not something that I was paying attention to. Yeah. Um, and we've had conversations kind of about this sort of stuff about paying attention, um, especially in our prestige episode. Mm -hmm. Like when you're watching a film, you're not going to notice everything the first time you see it. Um, and in this film is a perfect example. And I didn't remember this stalker conversation between his, his mother and himself until the end of the film when this scene happened, when the narrator, the filmmaker narrator, uh, comes over top and says, uh, you know, 
it, you know, the camera falls Aiden and Aiden's walking uh, about in this, you know, kind of like secluded area where not a lot of people are um, in Ireland. And uh, it's quite beautiful. And, you know, he's hopping stones and things like that, blah, 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 blah. And the narrator, filmmaker narrator, goes over top and says, you know, Aiden sometimes likes to come out here and pretend like he's the only person on Earth. Mm. And I was like, oh, well, you know, I've done that before. I can relate to that. That's quite interesting. The one thing that will always take you out of that is a sound or a movement that can only be imitated by a human kind of, you know, element involved in some sort of way. And quite often, it's just someone walking in or or destroying that element. Um, like when I, for instance, we live next to a mountain, I'll go for hikes all the time, and sometimes I'll have that feeling like, you know, m- maybe me and my dog are the only people out here. You know what I mean? This, this is it. Uh, and so we're watching this scene, and all of a sudden, this girl comes around the corner after this narration happens. And there is an element there of comedy, which is quite funny because, you know, the narrator just said he likes to come out here and pretend no one else is here. Yeah, and then immediately this beat happens. And this and yet. this person comes up and we immediately are, you know, kind of feel the, the you know, the comic relief there uh, because, you know, based solely on Aiden's uh, interactions with his fans, they're not always great and things like that. So he probably comes out to this spot to essentially ignore the rest of the world and get away from all the fame and things like that. So this person coming in, doesn't matter if they're a fan, doesn't matter who they are, still takes them out of that element that he's looking for when he escapes to this place. And then the person comes up and asks him, it's a girl uh, with red hair, which is important to Matt, which we'll get into with his theory of the end of the film. Uh, This woman comes up to him with, in my opinion, red hair, and stands next to him and asks, you know, hey, I'm lost, Aiden. She didn't, she didn't say his name, but says it. she says it to Aiden. Hey, I'm lost. Can you help me get to this place? And Aiden very nicely responds to the woman and tells her where to go. And you start to notice that her attention is not really focusing on him anymore after a couple of beats and and it's and and she starts turning in a way that that plays off like she's sensing a like there's a sense of attraction um she looks very the actress is absolutely phenomenal i just want to just point out mm-hmm. um because she she portrays attraction in a way that is very understandable i don't know yeah it's it's almost like it's, she's she's kind of like admiring him yeah she's admiring him as like through her eyes through it well. yeah there's she's, a, she, she's showing not telling you it's very clear on her yeah, face. exactly yeah. exactly um and then she says happy birthday mm-hmm. and we know it's aiden's birthday that day because that was a huge part of the whole thing with his uh child mm-hmm. um and them going to the party and then him going out to have this walk out on his birthday and then the film ends. And in my opinion, this person that says happy birthday to him mm-hmm. is his stalker. Yeah. So any and to me what that that solidifies as a film's message, message as a whole is again dealing kind of what Matt was saying was with this level of identity. You know, who are you when you become famous? What are the things that you have to deal with when you become famous? Mm-hmm. How do you deal with it? And how do you escape from it? Well, you escape in Aiden's way out in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of Ireland, into the hills. And Mm. you pretend like you're the only person that's out there. And then 
when you can't do that anymore, who are you? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So, in my opinion, that's my theory on the ending. I think that 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 individual that found him was a stalker. Otherwise, why the hell would they say happy birthday to him unless they knew? But then you could chalk it up to, I, I don't know if this is where you're going to go, Matt, but you could chalk it up to because of the unreliable narrator situation. Maybe that's just his brain, Aiden's brain, thinking, you know, this person's saying happy birthday to me because I feel alone. Maybe that that's the other, that's another idea. But I was purposefully staying quiet. Do you mind if I jump in right now? Why don't you jump in and, and give us our kind of like, you know, what your, your theories are. Yeah. Uh, well, not counterpoint. Just well, give us your theory. Don't I? I don't want you to sure, I, argue against uh, me. Uh, just... I, I won't argue against you. I would like to say that I don't think she has red hair. Uh, we're not. We're not going to get into this. I just, for the purposes of my interpretation, it's important to note that because if she had red hair, I would actually agree with Brandon. We had a couple drinks after the film was over, mm. and there was a heated discussion. Very heated. <laughs> mm. If she had red hair or not. Mm-hmm. Also, I had a hot dog. Yes. Um, <laughs> Sorry, irrelevant. Um, and uh, just the actress's IMDb. She doesn't have red hair. Okay, moving on. Um, <laughs> she could have changed it, but just moving on. Go ahead. Uh, she definitely could have. <laughs> um, so I've given this a lot of thought afterwards, just because okay. uh, this is the only... Every other scene made a lot of sense to me, kind of whenever... Not, not, not always it's been, watching it. It's been a couple days since we yeah. saw the film, so... Uh, not always watching it, but kind of... Uh, the second a scene was done, I kind of understood, okay, this is what this scene was doing. Yeah. And this is the only one that I didn't. So it sat with me, and I've thought about it. And I've now decided that it probably is an, unreli- un- an unreliable narrator narrator situation for two reasons. Okay. Um, a, earlier in the film, he thinks he hears the guy who he takes the he doesn't want to take the picture with. He thinks he hears this guy call him a name. He does call him a name, though. Yeah. Well, it all depends on whether or not Aiden's a reliable narrator. Ah, uh, true. That's a good point. Um... So that happens. And then the other thing is, although it's played for laughs, that moment of, I like to think I'm the only person out here. Yeah. Well, for Aiden, when he's with himself, he imagines he's with other people. That's where that girl came in earlier when he sees himself as the woman. Yeah. Um, and seeing himself and potentially, as we just discussed, the woman he, he drowned in the serial the might narrat- not be there. Yeah. And the narrator also says in the beginning of the film that Aiden became an actor because he wanted to try and get over his shyness yeah so i guess being with people helps him too so yeah okay sorry go on no no problem uh so either the woman doesn't exist altogether and this is just another representation of aiden's dark passenger which would be interesting because he kind of escapes the dark passenger when he goes up to carrie with his uh with his kid Mm -hmm. um and then uh uh, this would be the his kid's gone he's traveling by himself and now the dark passenger has found him once again um, or it could simply be he ran into somebody else and they said happy birthday and he or he thought they said happy birthday when they didn't mm-hmm. um, or they did. Um, I just uh, I have a hard time with this ending, um, although if they had red hair, that would make this so much easier. There is a simple solution, Matt. Mm-hmm. She actually did have red hair and you're wrong. Brendan, I wish I wish you were right. I really do. <laughs> she just did not have red hair. We're going to have to watch this film again. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's throw it over to Corey, because Corey, you've been watching me and Matt banter back and forth. And, I have. And I'd like... No, I, he, that's what he wanted. He wanted to stir the pot a bit. Yeah, right, I was kind of curious. Well, because I've been waiting for this since we had that, uh, or I guess since you guys had that heated debate. Mm-hmm. While you were getting a hot dog. 
I was getting a hot dog, and boy, was that a good hot dog. Also, you you switched side. You were a turncoat in that. You immediately agreed with Brennan, and then you're like, wait, no, and then agreed yeah, with yeah. me. Well, he also does that from time to time to just mess with me. That's just, yeah, for my own personal shits okay, and giggles. No, I like, he he, he yeah. likes messing with me because he knows how to push my buttons. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, actually, in, in all truth, um, after thinking about it for a bit, uh, I'm hoping it's the stalker because I think that is a better... Um, He's, Finish? he's hoping. Mm-hmm. So he's still, again, not taking sides. Damn right. No, it's, it's a good, good middle ground, very Switzerland. Yeah. Damn right. Um, I'm hoping it is, because uh, I think that it would be a perfect fit to the end of the movie. But on the initial me viewing it, uh, my interpretation of it was kind of for the first half of the film, you get him struggling with the whole um, dealing with kind of dark roles and stuff like that, uh, thinking about killing people and stuff like that. And then as you get into the later part of the movie, it's him, his personal relationship with his kid and kind of him relaxing and stuff. The music gets less intense, which, by the way, the music was really great throughout this movie. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. It was really cool. Oh, God, it was so great. Yeah. Because um, it, it, it changed a lot. Too. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, and then for when he goes out for that walk and he thinks he's by himself, it, he just gets to fully relax, be himself. And then he, someone comes along and, you know, because he is from Ireland... So maybe people around Ireland know him a bit more, like better. Uh, so maybe she just happened to know his birthday or something like that. But I kind of just thought that it was him actually fully giving into his dark passenger, and he was just going to kill her out there because there was no one around there. Um, oh, interesting. And kind of like he's 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 really happy and content that he got to get a week away with his kid, and it's his birthday, and he just feels totally mm. relaxed. Actually, and then all of a sudden, hard punch back into feeling. Do you like, know what? That was, I think, my immediate reaction to Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until we were at the uh, the hot dog stand mm. where someone said something about a stalker. And I was just like, wait a second here. I forgot about the stalker element. Mm-hmm. And then go, that's the stalker. That's the only reason why this all makes sense. Yeah. And for some reason now that's just stuck with me and everything else is just null and void, like Matt's opinion. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I think the fact I think the fact that we're having this discussion means they got us. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. yeah, and I think that that's what this film is really as in a whole is sure. is it's a it's is an it's an I gotcha film mm-hmm. um, because it it plays with your head a lot. Like you don't really know what's up or down. The level of engagement this film has yeah. is is in my opinion insane considering. Oh, for sure. yep the runtime for one yeah it, it felt like it was only 45 minutes or something like it's that. an hour and 24 i think okay yeah. uh the runtime for one the amount of differing stories and point of views that the film is taking mm-hmm. uh because it jumps around a lot and what it's trying to say really but at the end of the day kind of matt when you talked about earlier to really sum it all up it is just a film about identity mm-hmm. um and it's a film about trying to understand where you kind of sit in the whole world and and what makes you happy what makes you sad uh what puts you into a dark place what puts you into a light place you know and dealing with all these elements and kind of trying to juggle them just as a normal human being is difficult but trying to juggle them while in the limelight is is even worse um or it's not worse but it, it it's even more difficult difficult yeah um and i can't imagine i think that this what this film really captures is aiden Gillen as an actor his kind of level of fame kind of coming to be and I think right now um, it was a perfect time for this film to come out because this guy like for instance we're from a small town Victoria British Columbia a little tiny island 
and you know we don't get very many you know celebrities out here and if we nope. do it's it's usually a hush hush or one or two people hear about it and then and then it gets thrown over the airwaves and by the time we hear about it you know nobody they've already left they've already left yeah. like I, and and sometimes we don't even know if it's true or not. Like apparently Leonardo DiCaprio was at Thrifty's down on Hillside a couple of years oh, ago. Oh yeah, I remember. I remember hearing about. And that. everyone freaked out about it. Um, but yeah, so like things like that happen over here. So someone like Aidan Gillen, who in my opinion is a great actor. Oh sure. Oh, like if he was in a film, he wouldn't generally play the lead character. No. In just in my opinion. In yeah. in films in in a lot of films that I've watched with him in it, he hasn't really been the yeah, lead. Yeah, he character. seems to be kind of like a character actor. He is, and he's yeah. a really great character yeah. actor. Um, but having Aiden Gillen come to a town where there's not a lot of celebrity status and things like that, it's a big, big freaking deal, right? Sure. And so um, th- that's what I think what, you know, we're going to get into the Q&A here, but that's what I think made this really, th- this experience quite great too, because the film comments has this element of an interaction with your fandom, uh, and it has an interaction, and then and then immediately after we have a Q and A, which is essentially a bunch of fans yep. of Aiden Gillen, who essentially want to talk to him about his career and things like that. When really, you know, he's there. To, I know that there was of those three hundred and something people in there. You know that like one of them, like most of them came because he they watched Game of Thrones. Yeah, probably. Oh, you sure. know what I mean? If it wasn't for Game of Thrones, I wouldn't know who he is. Yeah. We, you, you would have seen I don't him think so, anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> you would for have sure. seen him. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, the yeah. first thing I actually saw him in was a film called Blitz with uh, Jason Statham, where he played like a serial cop killer. But uh, yeah, no, I, I think I think this... I, I think that's was the most interesting part for me, was the fact that this film ended up a lot of it had to be, like I wanted to ask the question about I wanted to point out the irony mm-hmm. about the fact that they were essentially uh <laughs> they were having a Q&A after the film where they discussed fan interactions. Yeah. I don't know. No, there's definitely some irony there. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. with that, can we move into the Q&A actually? Yeah, let's move into it, man. For sure. Um as a whole though, I guess we could maybe say like what we thought about it. Yeah. And, no, um I mean, I'll, I'll go first. Um I I I'm not going to give, I don't give ratings. I don't think it's really great. So in my opinion, I think this film just did a really good job at wowing me and putting mm-hmm. kind of a level of faith back into, um, indie filmmaking for me just yeah. because I've kind of really been turned off by it in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And that has nothing at all to do with the fact that, you know, who was involved with this film because I had no idea who Jamie Thraves was prior to this film. And I really didn't know Aiden Gillen outside of his, you know, Peter Baelish character. His iconic roles. Yeah, his iconic roles. So it was more or less like I wanted to see a character, because I knew he was a great actor um, from the many roles that I've seen him in, but I wanted to see him kind of in a starring role. Yeah, because you watched Peaky Blinders, right? I watched Peaky Blinders. I watched, I mean, I watched Sing Street a couple weeks ago where he played a dad and things like that. So I've seen him in a lot of stuff. I mean, he was in Batman, you know, he's in a lot of stuff. Um, but uh, I'm just being a jerk. He was in like one scene of Batman Rises or something. No, 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 uh, yeah. it, no, no, no. He was in a. It was one scene, but I remember that scene. Okay, oh yeah, good, me too. yeah. But yeah. then again, I have a Batman tattoo on the back of my neck. So, so there is that. So yeah, it was. Yeah. It was a really good movie. I really enjoyed myself. Um, but as a whole, this film really uh, brought me back. Brought back some faith into indie indie filmmaking again to me because yeah. I've seen some stinkers. Yeah, uh, and this definitely was not a stinker. Uh, and actually, in the last couple of weeks, I've seen some really good indie films, and 
another film that this kind of helped like this film made me think uh in our previous episode uh on lucky logan i mentioned the film a ghost story mm. and this film uh made me think after it was over just as much as that film did um and i now consider a ghost story one of my favorite films so if that says anything about this film then uh yeah i'm excited to see it again so nice. let's throw it over to cory all right um i also really like this film uh it was very very unique very interesting there's a lot of really cool filmmaking techniques in it uh like some of the shots were really awesome and like i said before the music really pulled me in to kind of the feeling of at least the first half of the movie with the whole serial killer thing uh, I love the the blending of different uh, kind of movie making styles like mockumentary and true crime and whatever the case may be. And obviously, we've discussed it quite a bit on multiple occasions, including this podcast, which I think is the trademark of a good film. Um, yeah, I would uh, I'd give it a solid double thumbs up for sure. Mm-hmm. Matt, how about yourself? Um, I thoroughly enjoyed the film, although I think. Uh if I were a critic going in looking to find problems, I could do that more easily than I think I could. Just mm-hmm. I wasn't. So sure, yeah, yeah. A little bit hard to say now. Um, uh, again, more indie than I thought it was. Not really a problem. Just kind of an um, observation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, uh, enjoyed it. Although the first half, I enjoyed a lot more. Once we get to yeah, the stuff agree. with the stuff with the kid. Um, although there, w- there was a moment watching it where I'm like, either he's going to redeem himself. Or this kid is toast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought that too. Yeah, there was a moment where I was like, oh no. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I would almost disagree with you guys. Like, I think that the second half of the film, I enjoyed a little bit more. Because, well, I think I enjoyed it a little bit more because of the first half. I think the I think the first half was just like from the actual making of it perspective was a little more creative. And there was a lot, oh, yeah. a lot of stuff going on, which I really appreciated. But I think I liked the second half better than the first half because of what the first half had to offer. Okay. Um, because it had that psychological element to it, right? That thriller element mm-hmm. to complete like, all right, you know, you're going to be like, you're dealing with so many heavy kind of subjects, sure. a man's psyche, you know, his world within being an actor and melding those worlds of whether or not, you know, who's who anymore. You know what I mean? And, uh, and then you go to kind of like, you deal with those harsh, harsh realities those harsh feelings those harsh scenes to essentially a relationship between a father and uh, their child mm-hmm. um and it's quite soothing and it was quite calming and it and yeah. i don't know it 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 was like going out for i'm not this is a really bad analogy it was like going out having a lot of drinks getting really drunk and then the next morning when you wake up and you're feeling really dehydrated and you have a really nice cold glass of water Sure. I don't know if that makes any sense. Sure, yeah, it makes yeah, sense. The deepest metaphor I can come with up in the moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so let's get into the Q and A. Sure. Um, I don't know if we're, how much we're going to talk about this. No, I, I got a thing I want to say though. Um, yeah, go ahead, Matt. Cool. Uh, one of the things that they talked about in the Q and A was how um, Aiden wrote this, or he had a part in making this film. Uh, and part of what he really wanted to address is that he plays a lot of villains or characters with uh, mal malicious intent. Yeah. Um, and that really starts to affect not only his psyche, but how people perceive you on the street. Mm-hmm. So I thought that it was uh, clear knowing that, that he uh, took the role of being a serial killer, which is about the worst thing you can 
have somebody do, especially what considering how he kills people and what he does with the bodies in some cases. Uh huh. Um, but uh, he took that and then kind of that translated super well because you got the immediate idea of oh this is this is this kind of person because I've seen him kill kill somebody, but of course he's not. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I thought that, thought that was really well done and something that I only got because of the Q and A. So I wanted to bring yeah. that up. I actually, I actually watched this film, and the whole time I was like, okay, well, I have a couple of questions I want to ask at the yeah, end, yeah. and you know, I wasn't sure if I was going to get that opportunity, and then I was like, you know what? Based on how this movie is playing out right now, I would be just as happy as if the lights went on and we just got up and left. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. because that movie, like that movie, had a real big conversation about you know, you know how fans interact with you know you know, celebrities and and people with fame and Mm. things like that. And I was just like, I really don't (laughs) want to interact with them in any shape or form now. Um, But then when I started watching the Q&A kind of like play out, they answered a lot of the questions that I had and asked for a lot of you two. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I was like, you know what? There is a question that I don't think was asked. And I was, you know, given the opportunity to ask of, I think, five people. Um, I think it was like, again, like there, I think there was like 300 people in the audience and I kept, I kept up my hand long enough and hard enough for mm-hmm. the, uh, the host of the evening to pick me out of all those people. Um, and I, I would say, I don't mean to boast here, but I would say I had the most engaging question. It was definitely better than the first question. Oh, which was whose dog <laughs> oh, was that man. in the film? So oh, yeah. heartbreaking. Also, uh, that was Aiden's dog and that dog has since passed away. Yeah. yeah. RIP. Um, yeah. Echo. Oh. Echo, echo, yeah, and our, yeah. Con- and our condolences And you can to you, still uh, feel ago. the echoes yeah. from that question. <laughs> God. Well, uh, the dog got immortalized, so. Yeah. Yes, very sad. But I got to ask, again, I, I got to ask, I feel like, the most engaging question of the evening, which was, uh, well, because, you know, I got to talk to both Jamie and Aiden directly, mm-hmm. and I basically asked them, you know, I said, there's a level of a relationship um, that can be seen behind the camera. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was speaking to Jamie's relationship with Aiden and vice versa. Um, and their friendship, you can, you can tell there's a, there's a level of comfortability there. There's a level of trust, which I think is very important. And very important. Yeah. And, um, and that was something that I could relate to as a filmmaker and, uh, and, and relate to as a person who, uh, whose best friend or, you know, one of his best friends is an actor, you Corey. Yeah. So I actually pointed you out mm-hmm. to Aiden and Jamie, uh, and Phil, yeah. uh, the men sitting in front of us and said, you know, I essentially called you a project surf. <laughs> and I said, <laughs> yeah. this is my project surf. And I myself am a filmmaker and I deal with, you know, you know, we live together and, and, you know, we challenge each other within our relationship. But when we're behind a camera, or in front of where Corey is, is is in front of a camera and I'm behind the camera, our relationship is still constant, but it's kind of, you know, it's evolving. It's evolving just as much, but in a different way. Sure. And I was kind of asking them to what extent kind of what, what that looks like for them and, and how long, I guess, this project as a whole kind of started to become what it ended up becoming. And they really kind of answered in a way that I thought they would, which was more talking about mm-hmm. how they made this film because and th- and that's what i wanted because i i didn't because i felt like the questions that were being asked were just one or two answers and i'm not saying that that makes my 
my question any important than anyone else's. I do think that mine was the most engaging, Mm -hmm. but what I wanted was to hear more of what they were talking about because I saw these two guys up on stage who obviously been working together, have been friends for so long. Um, and I saw these two guys and I was like, I looked over at you, Corey, at one point and said, you know, this is pretty much us potentially in 15, 20 years. Mm. Um, because we have that, you know, we have a similar relationship that I could see that was on camera. Um, and I ended up actually talking back and forth with Aiden and yeah, Jamie, it was actually kind of cool, which was really cool. And it, and at that moment, it was really kind of cool. I actually felt like I was the only person in the room, aside from you guys, obviously, but mm-hmm. like we were the only people in the room. Yeah. And then Matt said happy birthday and just drawed you right out. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah i don't know it was it was an amazing evening and mm-hmm. it was quite great to be able and i got to shake jamie's hand afterwards That's right. yep. um cory was like what are you doing matt actually because i was just like trying to catch jamie because i wanted to because oh, you the, your coat yeah yeah i forgot my coat at my chair and matt was like oh don't forget your coat and i was like oh shit like i might miss him now mm-hmm. and i grabbed it and i quickly ran over and i i said you know hey jamie i just want to shake your hand thank you for answering my question, it was a really great answer and things like that. And I should have asked him if we could take a picture yeah. um, because he was walking up with Phil. Um, but uh, Phil, Phil's the producer on the film. Yeah. Um, and he was one of the editors, I believe. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, and actually, I just wanted to say two things in the Q&A. A, I was surprised how many people were interested in more that side of things as just kind of like behind the scenes stuff. There weren't a lot of questions about the film in particular, which I just thought was interesting. Well, I think they answered... They did. They totally they answered, answered a, lot of, a lot of our questions. Yeah. Um, but the, the other thing was I really liked in his answer to your question was he said uh, talk more. But he also said play to your actor's strengths. Yeah. If you know who you're going to be working mm-hmm. with, work with them. Figure out what they want to be doing. Yeah. Uh, I just thought yeah. that was a great answer. We had that conversation too after we watched the film. Is That's right. I don't know if there's anything more you guys want to talk about or is that pretty much it? I think that more or less covers what I wanted to say. Yeah. yeah. Pickups. Uh, I do recommend it. It was good. I would say I would say if you get a chance to go and see it, go and see it. Or if you can find it anywhere, I, I don't know if they're going to do a, a release on this on on DVD or something like that. You could probably order it or something. Like, yeah, I would think so. Yeah. I would actually, I wouldn't mind picking this movie up. <clears throat> yeah, no, it's a good film. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, great film. Thank you uh, again to Victoria Film Festival for supplying the tickets for the Real Rant Boys to be able to go. Uh huh. Um, and. I also want to give a special thank you to the Martlet, who we are working with right now. The Martlet is the University of Victoria's uh, student union's newspaper, and uh, the editor-in-chief and all the other staff involved um, helped us get tickets to the show, um, and we were supplied with tickets when we got to go. So thank you to you guys as well. We're, we're building relationships. Yeah. Uh, and with this show, and, and that's what kind of what this kind of became. I walked into the Martlet's office. I said, hey, you know, I've got this podcast um, for film, and, you know, what can we do with it here in the building? Um, and here we are. That's where we got here now. So, so with that comes the end of our discussion about the film Pickups. We hope you enjoyed it. How do you think we did, Corey? I think we did really good. Yeah? What yeah. about you, Matt? I think we did great. Always yeah. better when I'm here. Of yeah, course. Obviously. Yes. Obviously. <laughs> um, but uh, we want to drop a couple plugs here. First, we want to give a plug to the Martlet, um, where you can find 
a link to uh, our website or our to some capacity after uh, we're done editing in this and posting it. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're hearing us from via a link from the Martlet, that's great. Um, check out our show. You know, we talk about a film each week. Not often films that have anything to do with, you know, festivals and things like that. They're most often films that a lot of people have seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we have a guest on each week. We uh, The guest picks the film. We talk about the film. And like I said in the beginning of the show, uh, the show is meant to bring in and a, a many varying different uh, perspectives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For us, Corey, aside from sitting across from you every single week, mm-hmm. where can they find me? They can always find you on the old Twitter. On the twiddly deets. The twiddly deets. At Brendan underscore McGee. That is B-R-E-A-N-D-A-N underscore M-C-G-H-E-E. Thanks, Mom and Dad. And Corey, where can they find you, my boy? They can also find me on the old Twitter at Corey McEwen1. Because you number one, boy. Boy. Uh, you can follow us on our Instagram page at The Real Rant. All one word, all small letters. Or just type in the real rant into the search bar. All good stuff. That's all good stuff. You can send us the show an email at therealrantpodcast at gmail.com. Send us something nice, mean, or in between. It's all juicy just the same. Yeah. And maybe because because it is the old film festival, maybe if someone out there has been to the film festival, seen something there, maybe they can send us an email kind of correlating to that. Or that just might... send us a Twitter, a Twitter yeah. a thing at a, twiddle, a Twitter thing. A Twitter thing, yeah. Uh, send us a message on Twitter at The Real Rant Pod, or you can also visit our website, TheRealRant.com, and we've got links to Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes. Mm. Uh, what's the other one? Pocket Cast. Castbox. All on there. A bunch yeah. of different, basically a bunch of different things on there. Mm-hmm. Go check out the website. It's pretty great. Yeah. you learn a little bit about us. But Matt, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt Herring Live or oh. Matt Herring Live. They're spelled the same way. Go nuts. <laughs> yeah. um, you can also find me on YouTube as part of the gaming channel Taking Credit For or uh, Let's Play. Message me on probably Instagram if you want us to play a game, and I will make sure it happens. Sounds good. Cool. And I think that's it for this week. I think so. Well, not it for this week. This is a bonus episode. Yeah, just for, yeah. Just for now. This is it for the bonus. We'll, we'll, we'll be back next week. Regular oh, schedule. That's cool. Yeah. With the film, Saving Private Ryan. Booyah. And scene. <laughs>